Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. Head on over to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth to get your very own free trial of audible.com. And while you're there, check out the audiobooks, of course, but also take some time to look around and see all of the other audio content that is there for your listening pleasure. The Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to. This is really because of the guests. These are folks who have expertise in particular areas of business. And they join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. Today is no different. My guest today is Michael Sherlock. Don't be fooled by the name, the hair color, or crazy shoes. Michael Sherlock is serious about business. She is dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. Before launching her global training company, Shock Your Potential, Michael has been responsible for net revenue exceeding $75 million and as many as 500 employees at a time. She was recently chosen as number 12 in the top female entrepreneurs to watch in 2021 by EnterpriseLeague.com. Thanks so much for joining me today, Michael. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to have you here. Uh, congratulations on um, number 12. So <laughs> thank you. Thing. It was so funny to like, get the actual number and go, hey, number 12. I, I like it. <laughs> Nine would have been better, three would have been better, but you know, whatever. I know, whatever. <laughs> Listen, you're in the top 12. That's yeah. what matters. Right? Exactly. So, so this concept of, you know, shock your potential, I'm, I'm so uh, interested in it. And so I want to start 
by asking you to explain why people need to have their potential shocked. <laughs> yes, and I love when, when I put in my uh, LinkedIn profile, like I'm a shocker of potential, just because I thought it was fun to say. <laughs> but you know, Diane, I get this question all the time and it's really fun for me because you know, we all know we have potential in us and we talk about it. We talk about unleashing our potential or reaching our potential, but at the heart of almost every one of us, and frankly, if we're all honest, at some point in time, no matter how confident we may be, there are days, weeks, months, moments, seconds where we hold ourselves back and we don't reach into the fullness of our potential. And, you know, I mean, I've seen it from people who say, oh, I want to be the CEO of a company, but they fail to, you know, go after a promotion. You know, I say, mm -hmm. I see people who are maybe the top of their game at sa as salespeople, but sometimes in just certain circumstances, they don't go in for the close when it's available to them. And, you know, with people with business that say, oh, I can't wait to be, you know, just as big as, and put whatever name in there is important mm -hmm. to you, but they don't take the steps to get there. And I know we, we can all suffer from it from time to time, but my, my job, the way I see it is really to get people to lean into that and to give them sometimes the little kick in the pants they need, but to really make them understand that when you, when you really lean into your potential, it brings a new life to you. It shocks you with energy. It shocks you with possibility. And I'm kind of shocking in my own realm. You know, you never know what color my hair is going to be. I'm, you know, I'm, you, you put me up on a stage in front of a thousand people. I might break into song and dance. Um, I'm a little unique. I mean, my name is Michael. I'm a woman, but part of that is just really getting people to stop looking down or in the areas that they've always just looked in and look around or look up or look backwards or, you know, just to have a different vantage point of where they need to go in order to start to really live within their potential, not just see it as something that they have, but they haven't given it motion. It's so interesting. First of all, I have to say, I love your hair. <laughs> Thank so, you. I do. I got to see it a couple minutes ago. It's beautiful. Um, I, and, and I, I, it's so interesting to me because I know people who have said, you know, I just thought my business would be further along. And I want to say to them, really? Based on what? You know, I mean, it's not like you wake up one morning and that happens. Right. Ugh, okay. Right. So what's, what's really <laughs> holding people back from achieving their full potential? Well, you know, my take on it always is, is that there's something within all of us that's some sort of a fear. There's some fear mm -hmm. of forward momentum. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example just from my own life, because I think it's, it's really important. I have, you know, I have this story. And when I tell you this story, it's going to make you go, oh my gosh, I can't believe you let that happen to you. But it was a really pivotal point in my life and in, in my career. And I remember that I I was in a nonprofit. I was basically like the level of vice president. So I was second in command of this, you know, kind of a small nonprofit. Um, and I knew that I was outgrowing my space there. And I knew that the executive director or president, whatever his title was at the time, I knew he was never going to leave. It was his career for life. And so I knew at some point I needed to go somewhere else. And I knew that I had the capability of being an executive director. I, I had a great um, you know, uh, reputation in the community. I knew lots of people. And there was an opening for the executive director position for the YWCA in my town at that time. And I remember... 
I went home to my now ex-husband, <laughs> then husband, which will tell you a lot about the whole story. But I said to him, I'm going to apply to become the executive director of the YWCA. And he looked at me and he said, why would you do that? They're <gasps> never going to hire you. You're only going to be disappointed. Whoa. I know every time I tell that story, I don't try and tell it too often because I don't want this story to get back to him because he'll be really <laughs> that I share it. Maybe it should. Okay, keep going. <laughs> but I realized right then and there, and, and Diane, I didn't apply. I did oh. not apply. I know to this day, I'm like, what is wrong with you, Sherlock? I mean, anybody who knows me would think, oh my God, that was not you at all. But it was true. It wasn't me. It wasn't me because I didn't, I, I, I let those words give meaning to my fear. I was already fearful, but I was yeah. somebody who moved ahead in my fear mm -hmm. and that made me fearful. And I stepped back and I'll tell you when I recognized it was the day I saw the announcement of who got hired as the executive director. I knew that person. I knew her reputation and I knew I could have done a way better job. And wow. I went, what? It's not their fault. It's not her fault. It's your fault. It's not even your husband's fault. Yeah. It's your fault. And I had to take that and say, okay, what are you going to do with this next time you face it? Because you're going to face it again. And I can't tell you that that was the last time I faced anything like that because that wouldn't be true. Um, you know, uh, this, this time last year, my business was going great. I had speaking engagements mm -hmm. all over the world. Mm -hmm. But I built my company to be wholly dependent on whether or not I got on an airplane, went to train oh, or somewhere. Right. And I had known that I needed to have affiliate relationships and I had known I needed to have some multiple income streams. I had known all that, but I was being fed easily and it felt good. And so when all of a sudden one day to the next, almost a year to the day, as we're taping this, yeah. everything melted away. I had that moment again of, oh my God, what did I do? And what do yeah. I do from here? And I love to tell people, basically, I like crawled into the fetal position, you know, <laughs> huddled in the corner and sucked my thumb for about a day. <laughs> it's all gone. What's happening? <laughs> and then I said, okay, Sherlock. And I always call myself Sherlock when I yeah. tell myself something <laughs> serious. so good. And I'm like, Sherlock, you have people who are relying on you you have this business that you know you made these choices. Now, what are you going to do about it? And I'll tell you what, that changed everything. I'd mm. always wanted to develop an app. We developed an app, wow. you know, so I could take training right to people. I wanted affiliate relationships. We have over 25 of them right now that are incredibly strong in driving wow. revenue. Um, I actually started a second business in the middle of all this chaos. Uh, and now speaking gigs are coming back. So all these yeah. things are coming together. And all I can think about is when's the next time when I find myself curled in the ball in the fetal position, sucking my thumb, how long am I going to stay there? And what am I going to do after that? Because those are the moments now that I know I, I have them. We'll all have them, but at least I know now I don't stay in the fetal position and it's okay to feel sorry for yourself for a day, but two days now you're just being, you know, saucy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a little overindulgent. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I share those because I think at the end of the day, there's always a fear in of us. Oh my gosh, what if mm -hmm. I fail? Oh my gosh, what if I fall on my face? What if it works? You know, what if it's greater than I thought and I don't know how to handle it? Yeah. 
right. you know, whatever it is, there's some voice that tells us all, Ooh, wait, it's a lot better if we just hold back just a little bit longer. And that's where the shock is, is once you get that shock, you are not ever uh, desirous of staying in that fetal position anymore. Interesting. Wow. So, so I, you know, I agree with you and I was in a similar situation a year ago, most of my business um, that was already slated for 2021 was in-person trainings Mm -hmm. and they all vanished. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And all you go one day, you have a business the next day you don't. So after building it for 14 years and I thought, okay, wait a second. Mm-hmm. what am I going to do with this? Right. <laughs> and, and you just, and, and so I created, I did exactly what you did said, okay, here's things I've been wanting to do all these years and I've never gotten around to doing them. So why not now? Exactly. Why yeah. not now? Why not yeah. me? And why not now? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how does, how do I want to ask this question? Talk to me some about personal branding, because I feel like that is a big part of this process. Yeah, it really is. And it took me, um, especially when, you know, we decided to rebrand so much to build out the shock your potential app, for instance, um, to re, uh, re, um, launch and rebrand our podcast, uh, you know, to think about kind of the elements of how I was a year ago and more speaking to fortune 500 companies and training their leaders and their sales professionals to now going direct, you know, so kind of a B to B to get to in front of those people now going B to C directly to consumers, mm-hmm. um, you know, of my information I really had to take my brand and, and decide to do some new things with it. So I've been very fortunate. One of the, the smartest things that I did when I launched this company uh, six years ago, was I knew I needed to create a following and I wanted to create my primary following on LinkedIn. At that point in time, it wasn't really, um, it wasn't what it is today. Yeah. And so I went after my target audience, which is really interesting because I was still primarily going B2B, you know, working with uh, businesses and associations to hire me for speaking and training. But I made my platform on LinkedIn where I made sure to very proactively, very strategically start to align with sales leaders across the world. And so now I have about 18,000 followers on LinkedIn and it's been very purposeful. So people know me as Michael, you know, the author, Michael, the trainer, Michael, the motivator in that realm. And I'd also had this, you know, Michael, the trainer, Michael, the speaker in this other realm. But when I merged them together and I said, okay, I need to spend more time directly speaking to the people who will buy my book, that will download my app. um, Then my message got that much clearer. Like I'm here to really make you better at whatever it is you're doing that relates to your professional um, goals. So if you want to be a better leader, you want to be a, be a better salesperson, a better sales leader, you want to be a better small business owner. I'm that's where I sit for you. And that branding, then it, it expands and kind of encompasses the other part of me that says, and by the way, I do this in a way that's fun, you know, because I have the colorful hair, because I like to put up, you know, wacky pictures on my blogs, you know, because I have kind of a, a wry sense of humor, 
people see that I'm very serious about what I'm talking about, but I do it in a way that feels digestible to them. They enjoy it. It's not intimidating. So they, they lean into it. And that branding is really important because no matter what you're doing, especially if you're an entrepreneur, there's probably a lot of people doing what you're doing. And how you stand out is really critically important. And taking the time from everywhere, from what you look to how you, you know, how you operate in the in the mediums that are most important to your business. So for me, it's LinkedIn, other people, Facebook, other people, you know, Twitter, Instagram, or or just their online, you know, business that how you show up matters and how you show up will be a differentiating factor between you and separating you from everybody else who does things similar to you. Yeah, because that's one of the things that I think people really struggle with is there are, the competition is so fierce. There are so many companies, there's so many people doing the same sorts of things and people get stuck in this when you say, you know, so what makes you different? What's your differentiator? And then the answer seems to be, I have great customer service, which, <laughs> you know, doesn't mean anything. It's like, well, good exactly. for you, but what? Right? Yes. Yeah. And people really struggle with really knowing what it is about what their secret sauce is. Yeah. Well, and I have a funny quick story about that. So I spent a lot of time in my corporate uh, world in the hearing aid sector. And so I was the last two positions. I was a vice president of sales running, you know, either all or a quarter of our U.S. sales comp- uh, retail stores. And I had, I was doing a sales meeting in, in one of our states. I won't tell who it is, but if they're listening, they'll, they'll know exactly when it was, <laughs> when this happened. And I said, you know, so tell me about why you think we're better than Miracle Ear down the street or Beltone or wherever. And my team got all riled up. We're like, we're better. We're better than Costco. We're better than this. We're better than them. And I said, okay, why? Well, be, and to your point, because we are better. We care more about our patients and we give better customer service and we are blah, 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 blah. And I just let them go. And I just kept saying, tell me more. What are you different? Till they all wore out. I had like 30 people in the room. And I said, hey, I just have a quick question for you guys. Um, how many of you who work for us now at some point in time worked for either Beltone, Miracle Ear, Costco, <laughs> the other competitor down the street? <laughs> and like 75% of them did. I said, do you really think that you're better here than you were there? They're like, no, I was the same there. I'm like, okay, then you guys are just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> And, and they, you know, the look of shock on their face, they're like, cause they held, they held themselves behind that belief. We are better. And I'm like, you're just telling yourself this. Yeah. And <laughs> it ain't true. Sorry. <laughs> cause it's so easy, right? I don't have to think about it. We just must be better because people like yeah. us. It's me. Yeah, I make all the difference in the world. Okay. Well, and what's funny is that we really do as individuals, but at the same time, unless we've asked our customers, why did you choose me? Why did you choose me? If, you know, if I come to you to, to, uh, to be a business coach client and you, you know, you say, well, why did you pick me? I better be able Mm -hmm. to say, this is why I picked you. I picked you because of A, B, C, and D. And this is exactly what you've delivered to me that proves that I made the right decision. Those questions we're often afraid to ask because we don't want to know the answer. But if you don't know the answer, then you do know the answer. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) 
Wow. I know. See, I get tough. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. That's what I like. That is so interesting. I, yeah. I you know, so true. Yeah. Crazy. It's a- it's a tough one. And that, you know, frankly, mm-hmm. I like to tell the story about, you know, why I created the shock your potential app. I had actually wanted to do this for years because I wanted a way when I sat up in front of that audience of a thousand people, they're like, we love you. You're amazing. And I'm like, Oh, look at these people. They are, they love me. I'm amazing. They're all going to follow me and buy all my books. And then, you know, five of them would follow you and 10 of them would buy your books. So you feel yeah. good for a day, but the next speaker who's up on stage an hour later, they're like, you're amazing. We love you. <laughs> and I, I thought, you know what? There's only so much mindset that anybody has at a moment in time. Yeah. So if I at least said on the stage, Hey, by the way, the slides today will be on my shock your potential app. It's free to download the, the slides will be right there. Love to have you follow me. That's a great way to leave a room. And if they do it right then, then you actually have followers. Cause if they actually care enough to do that, then they actually do love you. Even if it's in that moment and you have an opportunity to capture them. But if not, I had to say, you know what? They love me for that moment, which is great. But did they love me enough and remember me enough to go back to their boss and say, we need to bring this woman in? And sometimes they did. Yeah. But just as many times that they didn't, or more when you think about the numbers of people. And that's, it's hard to take on our egos, but that's really important information for us to to reflect on. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, because we have to know what they want, what matters to them, you know, what, what their synergy is because we're not right for everybody. Right. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My purple and green hair is not right for everybody. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good point. Uh, (laughs) All right. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then uh, we will continue the conversation. Accelerate Your Business Growth is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. And while you may know, I'm imagining you know that Audible.com has thousands of audiobook titles to choose from, you might not know about all the other content like podcasts and guided meditations, Audible originals, so much more. And for me, the cool thing is that I can get all of those in one place on one platform. So I don't have to keep moving around, um, you know, entering and exiting different platforms to get the content that I'm looking for. I have a feeling uh, that you will enjoy it as well. So we're offering a free trial. Go to audibletrial.com slash business growth, sign up for that free trial, and then go exploring. Check it out, see what resonates with you, and uh, enter this amazing world. They're always adding new things to it. So it's just a great resource for you and your life and your business. Today, we're speaking with Michael Sherlock about shocking your potential. Okay. So Michael, what is one critical element that you would say everyone must do in order to shock their own potential? Hmm. Can I give you a five and give them really quickly? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Well, let me, I'll I'll first give you just one. And one is the ability to self-reflect. That's really important to me. It's the core of everything that I do. I'm always reflecting on where I am, what I'm doing. Is it working? Is it not? And adjusting from there. And our ability to self-reflect and make 
uh, be aware of who we are. It's really important. But I thought I'd highlight just really when I talk about shock your potential, this is actually going to be, um, this is probably my number one requested course right now. And it'll be the title of my third business book called Shock Your Potential. But I take the letters in the word shock and I break them down. So I use the S for stand out. So we've already talked a little bit about that. Like, how do you stand out and how do you want to stand out? And I always define this about the things that people say about you when you're not in the room, mm. what words are they using? And if you don't know what words they're using, then it's important for you to figure out some people who will safely help you to understand those words, because if they don't align with what you want to be said about you, then you're off kilter with that. The yeah. H is for hone your skills and higher your deficiencies. So what I mean by that is oh. there's skills that all of us need to have for our businesses or our professional lives that we may not be solid in. Mine's financials. I hate doing the financials. It just, it's, it, <laughs> I hate it. I can do it. I hate it. Finally, my husband's doing it for me. So there goes the higher your deficiencies. <laughs> but I learned early on that in order, especially for me to grow and scale my business, I had to add add team members. And I did actually last year, even when losing all of my business, I went from two uh, team members to eight. Wow. And that was a huge jump, but it was important for me to do all the things that we've accomplished. And it's because I didn't have the time or the bandwidth to do what I needed to do to scale fast enough. And it paid off, but it's a, it's a gamble, but hiring, hon hiring your deficiencies closes some of those things that you don't need to do yourself, but need to be done for your growth. The O is for operate as if you're already there. And I don't mean fake it till you make it. I mean, look at people who've already achieved what you want to achieve at some level and figure out what their special sauce is. Not to, not to imitate them or mimic them, but to learn are there habits, are there processes, are there systems, are there, you know, little secret, you know, pieces of information that, you know, they really make use of in order to get them to, you know, to stay where they are or to got them where they are now. So operating as if you're already there means you do have to start thinking about where you want to be because only then, uh, and start trying to do the things that, that you do then, because only then can you see farther than that. Hmm. The C is cultivate people and opportunities that are going to get you there. And that's when you start to align yourself with the right people that will provide opportunities and not to leech or mooch off of people, but to find really, truly strategic partnerships. And for the last three years, Diane, I had so many people saying, oh, I'd love to collaborate on things. And I go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When I'd have enough time, you know, and I had this list of great collaborators and did nothing with them. And so when finally everything hit the fan uh, on our world, I started reaching out to them and saying, hey, you know what? I apologize that I didn't get back to you. I'd really like to collaborate. And they're like, oh, thank God. We didn't know what to do either right now. <laughs> and some of the creativity that has come out of this has been absolutely phenomenal and will be long-term solid business income for me. But the K, this is the tricky one for most people. And I think it goes back to kind of what we were talking about in the beginning, because the K stands for know your worth and know your value. Mm. And this is where a lot of us fall short is, yeah. especially in those moments of doubt, is truly believing, knowing your worth and knowing your value and leaning into that to help keep you strong in those moments of weakness. Because I do know that what I do makes a difference in people's careers. Without a doubt, I've seen it, I don't know how many times, I can't tell you how many times after giving somebody advice in a, in a room with a thousand people on how to get their promotion, 
that they call me a week later, two weeks later, two months later and say, by the way, I put all that into practice. I got the raise. I got the extra PTO. You know, I got exactly what I was looking for. And it, and I said, you know what, I gave you the words to use in some of the mindset, but you knew your worth and you knew your value. So when you went in, you went in with more conviction for yourself than you ever had before. That's how you get it. And that's how we make it through the tough times, as well as lean into the great times and gain even more out of them. Wow. Those are awesome. <laughs> yes. For one, I gave you six. Sorry. I know. It's, uh, hey, thank you. But, and that last one, I, I get it. I, I agree that that one is tough. Mm-hmm. It, it's, uh, it's, I thought you were going to say the K was um, know yourself. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Well, but I think I totally that kind of got comes it. in with, with the yeah. self-reflection, you know? Yeah, right, right. Because mm-hmm. you have to be able to. I thought that was really uh, key mm-hmm. as well, that we have to be able to be uh, introspective and self-reflect. Yeah, which is hard for people. Yeah, absolutely. It certainly mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And, and, and is it, it sounds like we also have to be willing to venture and, and get out of our comfort zone sometimes so we can realize that it didn't kill us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the shock. Sometimes I refer to it as if you've ever been, you know, walking in a, you know, along a road or a pasture and there's an electrified fence. And I don't mean the ones that are going to kill you or from like Jurassic Park when the poor kid climbs up it, you know, when he, when he gets <laughs> zapped. But I mean, those, those ones that give just a really small jolt of electricity enough to make you feel it in your fingers, not to hurt you or burn you, but it, you know, makes you twitch back. Mm-hmm. And that shock makes you very hyper aware of what you are doing. And so you're not mm. likely to actually put your hand on that thing again. Uh, now, if you're a young, you know, juvenile boy, you might stick your tongue on it because you know, they like to do things like that. <laughs> a double dog dare you. That's exactly. what that is. <laughs> but most, most, uh, most sensible adults would not, but they yeah. would be very aware. Oh, where did this fence come from? How long does, how far does it go? I need to get over the fence. How am I going to get over the fence? Is there, you know, a gate in the fence? And that's when we start having different awareness of what our options are in order to be successful. And so sometimes it causes a little bit of pain and discomfort, but that pain and discomfort should make you more aware of where you were sitting in comfort and relative in relativity to, um, in relation to just being kind of non-moving, you know, because if I'm, if I'm too comfortable, I'm not stretching, I'm not taking those chances. And that's when we start to have that awareness of, oh, I'm going to have to do something here in order to get a different result. Right. Huh. All right. So um, talk to me some about like LinkedIn and Clubhouse and, you know, things like that and how they um, can actually help someone in this process of shocking their potential. Yeah, I'm, you know, LinkedIn is still my, my primary, um, you know, venue. Mm-hmm. And uh, although I do things differently than I have over the last couple of years, mostly because I've gotten so busy. So I try to have three major posts a week. Um, and very soon I'll start doing uh, monthly um, articles as well. I've done a few articles, but I haven't done that to, uh, to the extent that I need to yet. But um, 
the, the thing is about standing out on LinkedIn is that you need to have something that makes you stand out. So the way I got myself to really stand out is I did my blog there every day. And for the first couple of years, I did it five days a week. Wow. And I, I call mine thoughts from the coffee table. And the reason I call that is that I would walk my husband to work and I'd come back and I'd have my cup of coffee and I'd sit there and decide what I was going to write that day. And so I found my pattern. And the reason I write it first on LinkedIn is because there's a max for a, a post of 1300 characters. So I, and, and writing out thoughts from the coffee table, take, that takes a lot of characters. So I knew I had to tell great stories in a short amount of time. I use uh, really quirky pictures that I've taken with my own phone. And then I have kind of a quirky statement that the way the post is uh, written, you see thoughts from the coffee table and you see my funny little uh, first you know, line and you see the picture and then it makes you want to read the rest of it. So um, that is how I stood out. That was how I became a thought leader in terms of customer experiences specifically. And so over time, that's that's grown and changed. I do uh, I do a couple different things with some kind of motivational videos, so I intertwine them. But what I see people doing wrong on LinkedIn is number one, I see a lot of people that um, don't post at all, or they just like, or they make kind of odd comments. Um, I see yeah. people post things that should be more appropriate for Facebook and not LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, but I also see a lot of people that are really trying to understand that LinkedIn is, is, is a great opportunity for you to gain a following if you have a message that people really want. And so I'll tell you what, when I, I did not post a, a thoughts from the coffee table this week, and I've already had three people ask me where, why it hasn't been out. Wow. And uh, so I know that that's something that people love to read. And I had to tell them, cause I, I actually have, you know, a huge um, interview uh, after we're done taping ours today. And so I've been doing a lot of preparation for that. So wow. I said, Hey, look, sometimes it doesn't happen, but they're like, but we love it. That's when, you know, you have traction. <laughs> um, Clubhouse is something uniquely different. Yeah. And I actually have been using it a slightly, but starting in April, I'm using it. I will begin using it on a regular basis. Okay. And I think it's very interesting to create new kinds of followers in an audio only environment. Um, but where you have to have your name and you have to, you know, you cannot just screw around with this. You can't you know, be in there and be a jerk because you'll get kicked off, which is great. doesn't mean it all has to be like positive Pollyanna stuff, but people are having really seriously, serious, mindful discussions about business and life and everything. But it's a really unique platform. I wish I would have jumped on it about two months earlier uh, mm. because I think that that there's something to be said for being one of the early uh, early people on. I I only have like 25 followers or something right now, but I have a pretty intense strategy that uh, I we believe is going to play out really well beginning in April. But it comes down to no matter what you're doing, it comes down to consistency, and. Mm. Uh, that's why when I don't put a thoughts from the coffee table out on Tuesdays, by Wednesdays, I've got people going, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? You in the hospital? <laughs> God forbid. Well, because they come to expect it and look, exactly. I want it and look for it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I have not gone on um, Clubhouse yet because I don't have an iPhone. I, I'm a mm -hmm. PC kind of gal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not allowed on. And I'm sort of glad about that because I think everyone else can figure it out. And then <laughs> if it's still around, you know, yeah. And there's a few others that are coming on one. One's called fishbowl. They keep trying to get me to get on and do something. I'm like, hmm. I, I don't have time for this. There's, I can't, it can't be in every place. Right. It just doesn't work. 
but um, you know, I think there is some validity to it. You just have to find the right niche for it. And that, and that requires real regular participation. And that's where knowing this month with what I had coming up, I just could not dedicate myself to it. Yeah. But after this, it, it is definitely on our agenda just to test mm -hmm. for about three months. And then at the end of three months, we'll know whether or not it, it uh, has actually made a difference in followers. And if so, great. And if not, then I'll just, you know, kind of play around there when I want to. Yeah, well, that'll be interesting to see how, how yeah. it, you know, where it is. Yeah, yeah. And I totally agree with you. I mean, consistency is is the key to um, all of this way that yeah. we are doing things because you have to build up that awareness and credibility and, and whatnot. Absolutely. I'm curious about uh, two things. One is I'm, I'm really curious what advice you'd give someone who's experiencing uncertainty um, or insecurity in their position with the way today's market, job market is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so somebody's still working in kind of yeah. corporate world. So I think it's really interesting. Uh, uh, my take on this, actually, I was just talking to a reporter friend of mine and I was telling her that I think that once the vaccines are out, um, and that most people have them, I think we're going to see actually quite a bit of turnover. I think there's been a lot of people who have um, just been putting their head down, trying to stay mm -hmm. out of the line of fire and thankful when they still have their job uh, at the end of you know this craziness. But I think that um, we're going to see some job hopping going around. Uh, I don't think it'll be, nobody's going to, I don't think people are going to quit, but I think you'll see a lot more people starting to try and find something different. And the reason I say that is because we're going to find out which companies are staying all remote, which ones are going hybrid, which mm -hmm. ones are trying to figure it out. And we're going to know whether or not people are comfortable staying in working environments where there's a lot of uh, remote work when maybe their leaders don't know how to uh, manage mm -hmm. them well remotely. And I think that's going to be a, a serious kind of a fallout of this because there's a lot of managers who are still just trying to operate the way they already always yeah. did, yeah. but it doesn't, it's not the same in a, in yeah. an all remote or a hybrid uh, work environment. I think there will be opportunity because I think business is going to uh, bounce back in a lot of ways. And I think that there will be opportunities for people to, to, um, to find other jobs and other opportunities, uh, other, you know, potential uh, promotions and that type of thing. But I also think we're going to see people less um, likely to try and negotiate for better salaries or better benefits because they're afraid of losing. Hmm. And I think there's, there's always opportunity in those areas. It's just, you've got to, you know, you just can't negotiate and be a jerk. That's why I always tell people, don't be a jerk when you negotiate. <laughs> Is that uh, what you always tell people? <laughs> yeah, I really do. Like, you can always negotiate. And usually there's something you, unless somebody says, this is the only offer we have, it's the yeah. only thing we can do. In most cases, there's always something, at least one thing that you can negotiate. But if you're a jerk, it's just yeah. not going to work anyway. But I, I hate to see people um, shy away from continuing to negotiate because they're, uh, they're assuming or afraid that they can't in these environments. And I think that that will hurt us all. Um, 
if we, you know, if we have that hesitancy because it's going to start to cap things um, because, you know, the mm. cheaper you can get your, your employers, you know, right. your employees, you know, the better it is overall for a company. So I think it'll be really interesting, but I do think there's a great light at the end of the tunnel. And I think many businesses, especially those who are really being more serious about hybrid work environments and remote work environments, I think we're going to see some incredible benefits to, you know, how you work from home. I mean, heck, just say if you, if you move to a job that's a hundred percent remote, you know, one of the great things that I would try and negotiate for is making sure I have two monitors, making sure I have a better um, chair, you know, office chair, you know, be honest about right now, this, the space I have is I'm stacking 14 old phone books, you know, on top of each other to be able to, you know, look and, and I really need something that's, you know, a desk that's more um, appropriate for me. And I think employers are going to start to take um, some real serious note of that because then that makes people more productive and happier employers employees all around. And the cost of, I think they're going to, a lot of companies are going to find that their costs have gone down dramatically because they're not having to pay for parking if they were in a downtown, you know, an urban setting and they're not going to have necessarily the same amount of office space that they had in the past. So they're, they're going to be able to um, everyone's going to be able to benefit because yeah. well, that'll be an interesting thing too, because how many businesses are stuck into multi-year leases that they can't get out of. Yeah. So, I mean, it's gonna, there's going to be some, some real difficult discussions and decisions, you know, going on, but yes, yes. overall, should they have some more flexibility? I'd say, so we might not see the full benefit of that for a couple of years. And heck by then we might be seeing people, you know, driving back and, and saying we, we can't exist without bringing people back more frequently. So, but I think the next yeah. two years, my gut is we're going to see a tremendous amount of uh, remote work and hybrid uh, work going on. Interesting. I think you're probably right. I do think, um, I think once we get past a couple of years, I think people are going to want to, some people work better when they are in a community and oh, other people work better when they're alone. So if there's that flexibility, uh, a company could really benefit from, you know, being that flexible with how people work, you know, leaning more into who the individual is and what works best for them. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. So is this the same um, sort of thing that you would say for people who are like just graduated from college or who are getting ready to in like a month or two and yeah. about to enter the job market? That's going to be the toughest one, I have to say. Um, <coughs> pardon me, I had a little cough there. Um, oh. Honestly, I think the, the, the recent grads are going to have the toughest component because- yeah they don't have a lot of experience and they're going to enter a, a reduced um, opportunity market right now because many uh, companies have cut employees or they've put a hiring freezes on. So those jobs are going to be more likely to go to people that do have experience at certain levels. Now that also puts people kind of in this sandwich issue, the kind of the, the, you know, the middle of the sandwich, the meat of the sandwich, those who don't have a ton of uh, tenure and experience AKA uh, are currently paid more versus those who uh, have virtually no experience that might be a little more affordable for a business. I think, you know, my gut tells me that kind of that sandwich, the middle of the sandwich mm -hmm. are going to do okay. The, the bread on both ends are going to struggle with this yeah. because 
you know, we're going to see more people, uh, many, many companies, we've already seen it, have offered early retirement packages, you know, uh, mm -hmm. different kinds of exit strategies for people. Um, so they're still trying to figure out, you know, how do we, how do we balance this mix? So my, my advice to those coming out of college is don't be discouraged, but you may not be able to land the perfect job. So, you know, start setting yourself up mentally to say, hey, right now a job is a job. And if I get a job and I'm looking towards then what I really want to do the next step, that experience every month, year of experience gets me that much closer to the middle of the sandwich, <laughs> then that's better. Also, um, coming in, in the realm of volunteering um, or looking at some opportunities of internships. And I don't mean for a long period of time because mm -hmm. you still need to actually have a paycheck and you know start yeah. paying off some of that student loan debt. But if there's not an, an easy entry point into a company that you really want to work with, that asking them, are there volunteer opportunities or internship opportunities that I might be able to take advantage of so that I can prove to you the value I can bring to this company? And you got to be clear about, yeah. you know, this is to show you and prove to you the value I can bring to this company. Then people will take note. Well, gosh, she's willing to work for the next six months as an intern. Well, that's a good way for us to test whether or not this person might make a good fit for us overall as a company. And so those things I think we're going to have to take a look at because, you know, being out of work for a long time is really, you know, challenging and struggling. And not only that, but emotionally, the longer you're out of a job and trying to find one, the harder it is on your psyche and your psyche. Right. And uh, so I think we need to prep these, these, uh, these new grads for the reality, but don't, you know, don't discourage them. Just make sure that we're talking a lot and helping them to, you know, have some emotional buffers against how bad it might feel to, to not get something immediately out. Well, and I love this idea of getting creative with what could that look like, right? What mm -hmm. could you do? And I think that makes people feel like they have more control mm -hmm. over the situation that can feel very um, unsettling and insecure because you know, you don't think you have any control, but I like those ideas because that those are ways of sort of taking ownership and taking charge of your next step. Well, and I'll tell you, depending on what kind of things you might do, let's say you just are graduating right now with a poli-sci major and you're like, what am I going to do with a poli-sci major? Well, I know we're not in the middle of a big presidential election, but we've got other elections going on all the time for councilmen and mayors and, mm -hmm. you know, um, different kinds of positions that might not be all that glamorous, but, you know, volunteering for three months in an election campaign for anyone not only gives you resume experience, but, and I, it doesn't, you don't even have to just be a poli-sci major, but I'm just using that mm -hmm. as an example, yeah. but it also can give you leadership experience. So yeah. if you say, yeah, I was put in charge of the door-to-door -door flyer handing outing, <laughs> that's actually <laughs> leadership experience. And you can use that to sell yourself up when the next opportunity comes around. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. You mm -hmm. gotta be able to look at it in that way. Wow. Michael, this is so great. I, I really appreciate this conversation and the information that you've shared, I think is tremendously valuable uh, for the listeners. And so will you tell them how they can find you and what you've got going on? Yeah, absolutely. Easiest way is to go to shockyourpotential.com. That's our website that has everything that we need, but I would really encourage you to download our Shock Your Potential app. So you just open your app store for Apple or Google and just type in Shock Your Potential. You can't miss us. 
um, our bright you know logo is right there for you. But um, that is a great resource. About 80% of the content we have on that is free. And about 20% of it right now is what we call the executive membership. That's $5.99 a month. And the, uh, the things that we have aligned to it, I feel, are, are really valuable. Um, and that's, that's where we're building such a nice, tighter connection right to our followers, which is fantastic. A um, lot of exciting things happening with the app over the next couple months. So uh, it's a great time to just see what we have going on there and learn about more of what we do. Terrific. Thank you so much. And listeners, thank you. Get out there and shock your potential. Go download that app so that you can be in the know and in the mix. Uh, and I also would like to thank audible.com. Head on over to audibletrial.com slash business growth. Sign up for that free trial and go on an expedition. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about, and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.